Rami's Aid Show, interviewing interesting people so people can learn interesting things. Here is your host, Rami Zaid. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rami's Aid Show, where I interview interesting people so people can learn interesting things. My guest today is Janine Pelosi, Chief Marketing Officer for Zoom. If you don't know who or what Zoom is, then you've either been cryogenically frozen the last few years or have serious social issues. <laughs> Janine is an awesome person and a kick-ass working mom. There are a lot of good, interesting topics covered in this discussion. It was a fun and informative conversation, and I know you'll feel the same. That said, here is my interview with Janine Pelosi. This episode is brought to you by Cleanse on the Go. I've been promoting Cleanse on the Go for many months now because I believe in it. A cleanse for me had nothing to do with weight loss, although it does that as well if that's what you're looking for, but more of a mental reset. The beauty of Cleanse on the Go is its mobility and flexibility as you have a one or two or three day option to cater to your needs and wants. Cleanse on the Go is super easy to use. They're just small packets you mix with water. And these small packets can fit easily into purses or pockets and are great for travelers, busy lifestyles, or for you super lazy assholes out there that sit on the couch all day. <laughs> As a listener to the Rami's Aid Show, you can get 17% off your order if you go to their website, simply cleanseonthego.com, pick the cleanse you want, and under discount code, just type in my first name, R-O, M-Y, and you'll receive 17% off. Do it. You'll love it. Now, let's get back to the Rami Zate Show. Janine Pelosi, welcome to the Rami Zate Show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. You're the chief marketing officer at Zoom and a kick-ass working mom. We're going to have a lot of fun stuff to talk about today. For those listeners who don't know what Zoom is, I'll have to wonder how you've lived the past few years. But just to make sure, Zoom was originally released around September 2012. I know it was founded before that. And it's the leader in video teleconferencing software. It's an incredible company. I've actually known Eric Yuan for six or seven years now, and there couldn't be a nicer guy. And I think that that shows through all the people, including you, Janine, who I've met at Zoom. I feel Zoom really, though, became a household verb, and I think you've said that before in the past when COVID hit. December of 2019, I read an unbelievable stat that Zoom had about 10 million daily meeting participants at that point. And four months later, March of 2020, when COVID really did hit, that number went to 300 million daily meeting participants, which is absolutely staggering. And we'll get to your thoughts on that later in the show. But I'd like to start, Janine, Chief Marketing Officer, with your marketing background. And I had to dig really deep for this fact, but I believe your marketing background started you being a cheerleader in high school. Is this true? <laughs> I don't know where you found that. There's a lot of on Google about me, but I didn't know that was out there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Was this local? I think you were a local Bay Area born and raised, correct? I was. I went to Pioneer High School. Oh, I love it. I love it. You're turning red. For those listeners who can't see this, she's turning red, which I love it. So, Janine, before we jump into Zoom, I like to start all my shows off with asking 
Um, we've had executives, celebrities, athletes, all the above, executive like yourself, how you start your day. Most people like to hear how all these people start their days. Some are a hot mess, some are very structured, and would love to hear how you normally, Janine, start your day. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to note that my day starts differently. You know, it's not like there's one one rhythm that I roll through. And then also, like, if I think back at different parts of my career, different times of me being a mom, my day definitely started differently. But today, I would say, you know, I like to get up decently early. I check, make sure there's no fire drills, check my chat, check my email. Uh, typically, that's before my daughter gets up. And then it's kind of, yeah, breakfast, hanging out with the family without a commute. I, I was in the office five days a week before COVID hit. So working from home full time now is quite the shift. It feels like there's a, a hell of a lot more time. So yeah, the days start probably getting on on some kind of meetings or, or chat or dialogue, 7.30, 8 o'clock and go from there. Some guests in the past, Janine, have had a morning workout routine or meditation or something outside of the work or children box. And I know it's hard. I have two kids myself to get out of that in the morning. But is there anything like that secret sauce for Janine in, in the morning or frankly afternoon? Yeah, it's actually afternoon now. So okay. it would have been working out in the morning. And now I found that doing that in the afternoon is a nice little breakup of the day. So that that's something I never, ever would have done done years ago. I was like, if I didn't get it done in the morning, it wasn't happening. Now it's an early afternoon. And I think it's important too, like what your workday looks like has changed for so many of us. Obviously there's different industries and, and such that this wouldn't be applicable for, but for me, I'm kind of on all the time. And so, you know, I'll take that time. I don't feel guilty and I block it and I make it happen. Yeah. Just kind of structure my day around what I need to kind of then do that secondary little hit in the, the late afternoon. And then to your point about meditation, that's one too, that, that COVID was a forcing function for. I actually have this book right here instant calm, two minute meditations. Nice. That's important. 15 minutes, anything to just kind of clear your head, I think has become so much more important these days. I've been Peloton obsessed for years, not so much the bike, but all the other things, but what is, what is the workout entail in the afternoon, Janine? Yeah, we've got a Peloton treadmill actually, but a, a little bit of CrossFit style workout. I, I used to be better at doing that earlier on in my days, but now, yeah, we, we've got, we kind of built out a home gym once workout equipment was able to be purchased after the yeah. initial phase. So we've got a, a pretty nice setup in the garage and go out there and I don't know, make something happen. Love it. Love it. All right, let's jump in. I have to assume Janine, your career, cause you spent about 11 years at WebEx slash Cisco when WebEx was acquired before moving over to Zoom in 2015 that that move had to be because of Eric Yuan. But can you tell the listeners a little bit of the story about your rise to the top at WebEx and then subsequently your decision to come over to Zoom in 2015? Well, it's funny to hear you say something like rise to the top because I, I just, I don't, I don't think about my career that way. It's really interesting. I, if I have to think about how I ended up where I am, I would say it was being opportunistic, um, working hard. You know, I think there's something to be said for getting shit done. You know, looking back, you can see these things in retrospect. It's hard when you're going through it, but I, I got things done and I could be relied upon. And when you can, and when kind of that's, that's who you are, then more and more responsibility can come your way. And then coming over to Zoom, I had had a few friends that had come over on the sales side. I knew that the head of sales really well at the time. And, and obviously 
Eric is just incredibly brilliant. You're, you're correct. He was one of the founding engineers of, of the product. And um, I just think that the simplicity of the product and the team, you know, when I spoke with Eric, he used words like, come be a part of this, come build this, come be a part of something. It wasn't about come work. And that was, you know, what more of what my experience was at the time at Cisco. It was, you know, more on the definition of work than, you know, really being a part of something, building something. Given there is a lot of web extras at Zoom, for lack of a better term, what is it like being in direct competition with your former employer? Well, I mean, gosh, now it feels like a lifetime ago. It's been yeah. about six and a half, six and a half years, and the company is so, so different than it was when I when I first joined. And a lot of those folks, you're correct, are, are over at Zoom these days. I don't know. We just never really focused in on the competition. I know that sounds kind of strange, and, and people would probably say, yeah, right. But it's true. You let your competition help inform your decisions, but the second they're guiding your decisions, I think you fail. So, you know, we, we've just been a really execution-minded, humble group of folks who just kind of kept our heads down and, and worked. And I think that's what's gotten us to where we are. Janine, you come on board March of 2015, and I think I've heard technically you were the first marketing hire. I think there was someone else you mentioned before that was doing some marketing, but you get hired by Eric to be a part of this unbelievable team, what do you do day one, stepping in as the marketing hire? Yeah, so I came in shortly after, so in January of 2015 is when they actually did the round with Emergence, $30 million. And I, I think all of that money is, is likely still sitting in the bank. I know it had been for a long time. I met those folks and they're absolutely incredible. Santi has become a good friend of mine who sits on our board today. And it was really about scaling sales and marketing. Eric was really adamant to spend the first few years perfecting the product as much as you can, right? He's also a big believer in getting something minimally viable out in the market to build upon. But we felt like it was time to accelerate. And so for me, I'm a pretty practical individual. And so it was making sure people use the term demand generation a lot. I think it's kind of silly. I just think about it. It's all marketing. You do things to drive demand and you do things to capture it. And so it was making sure that folks knew about the product. I mean, we were in a very, very crowded market at the time. You know, there's there's plenty of quotes out there about Eric, you know, and folks that didn't want to fund him early on. They're probably, well, I know, I know many of them are, you know, not doing well with that decision. But <laughs> I'm sure. But it was really about checking those boxes making sure that we could get a simple message out there, differentiate who we were. I think it was really around two pillars that I think still hold true today. It's making sure that people understand who you are as a company and for us, it was about being really authentic and ensuring that we were practical in our approaches and we took out the friction in our customers' experiences. And the other was around building validation. And so for us, of course, we could go out there and talk about how reliable and how easy to use and all the rest of these things. But the reality is everyone's out there saying the same damn thing. And so if you can get a customer or an analyst, anybody else, frankly, to say that for you, it's going to go a lot further. So those are the areas that we really focused in on was that, that awareness and, and the preference and, and validation. You know, it's interesting because you brought up differentiators, Janine, and I I read an article, and this was July of 2020 at AdAge, and you mentioned at that point, the three main differentiators you felt were low bandwidth situations being mobile first and video. And I really like what you're saying now in that who you are, practical friction, validation, the things that 
are a little bit different because you're right. I think that if you look, you can go online, Zoom competitors, there's a ton, right? But you guys have set yourself apart, and I think it's because you are different. And those words you just used, Janine, are unlike any other. Everyone else is, you know, we are a video, we're special, we're big, and you should use us. And those differentiators, I think, you know, again, top down from Eric, yourself, and the other executives can really show through it at Zoom. I believe that. I wanted to ask you, you mentioned getting shit done, and you can just tell in your personality you do get shit done. Is that something that's just been ingrained in you forever? Do you liken that to a parent or a sibling or something? I guess, where does this get shit done attitude come from, Janine? Yeah, absolutely. I think in the way I was raised, I think about from my grandparents, my parents, my dad before he retired was a contractor. And my first experiences were out there sweeping floors on job sites and like not doing anything that was practical or even I'm the oldest of three girls. It wouldn't be the typical job for a girl to do, but it didn't really matter. I mean, mowing the lawn, whatever it was, you know, were my chores. And so one, I think that helped to kind of early on, you know, ingrain that you just working as a part of what you do. I think about some of my early jobs as, you know, a hostess or working at a local restaurant here here in the Bay Area Steamers. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. you just had to grind. And so that was, yeah, I think all through my development when I was young, it it just, there was no other option. So go and thank you for that. I want to go back to WebEx just for a second. And the only reason I'm going back there is what did you learn from WebEx either what to do or what not to do that you've brought over to Zoom and are continuing to use for that matter? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the WebEx journey then went into the Cisco acquisition, which then, you know, turned into leaving and and moving over to Zoom. But if I think about the early days, I started as an intern. I started doing banner ads, like building banner ads at the time. Like it's hard to believe that today you would have an intern come in and do something like that. People rely on agencies or, you know, off-the-shelf hardware for that. But we had to figure out how to track our banner ads, spreadsheets with where we wanted to promote it. You would go directly to the New York Times or Wall Street Journal to buy an ad. Like you wouldn't have all all of the the fancy tools that we have in marketing today. What was the experience going to be? What was the landing page? Where were they going to go? So that's where I started. Definitely spent a lot of time on, on the advertising. That was the bulk of my early years. And then I just started bringing in other other things on the digital side, as I as I shared PR, social media, building our first kind of social media handles. I look back and I, I think those were formative when you really do have to build. And WebEx was very different than the behemoth that people might think of today as being a part of a, a large company like Cisco. I mean, it was a startup back in, in those times. So I learned a lot in that regard. And also we were, it was a lot of the same leadership, you know, that you see from like Eric was very close to Min, who was one of the co-founders of WebEx. And so that hardworking mentality, you know, was definitely a part of those early days. And then if I think about kind of further along in that journey and being a part of Cisco and a business unit that I was a part of the collaboration business unit was built off of the WebEx acquisition. You know, I learned a lot about, frankly, politics and big company stuff and Folks that may be sitting in a seat versus like actually giving a shit. Mm -hmm. You also learn about things or phrases like this is how things are done at XYZ company. And I didn't ever want that to be a part of my team or any viewpoint that I was going to be able to have into into building what Zoom has become. I know Zoom, Janine, is much more than just an app, 
it's a complete platform at this point. And I want the listeners to know how much Zoom has to offer beyond just the app. And frankly, we were talking about this before the show. We are recording this podcast on Zoom, and you said early adopters were podcasters. Uh, I want to use the word evolve, and Zoom has continued to evolve, and I'm sure will continue to evolve. But would love to hear your version of Zoom's app-to-platform story. Yeah, I mean, if I think about my job today, it is compared to where it was a few years ago. I mean, awareness is not our top priority at this point. But it also is a double-edged sword because everyone kind of knows you for one thing, right? And that's the video experiences they've gotten they've gotten used to. But I would say now it's moving from, you know, what was you think about kind of in the, the SaaS or technology world, you think about a killer app. And that's really like having something like what we're experiencing right now work incredibly well and have a lot of folks know you for that. The reality is today there are billion dollar valuated companies being built on our platform using our SDKs and our APIs. And so that's what I think is really exciting and where we're going is what Zoom is able to enable. Like I I think about our customers and it's not about, I think it goes to the humble nature of the company in itself, but it's not about Zoom. It's about what our customers can do with the products. And so today, I mean, obviously we, we recently had our our big Zoomtopia customer event um, where we do a lot of announcements and such that uh, listeners can, mm-hmm. can read up on. But the reality is like you look at the event space is a great proof point, right? That's something that has completely evolved out of necessity. I mean, webinar products have been around for years and frankly, we haven't changed much at all. And so now thinking about the bookends of the pre-meeting experience, like what's happening after you do a fireside chat, what's the green room experience for the speaker? So all of these bells and whistles have had to come together that would have taken place mostly physically in the past. And so that is what you're seeing. So I think, I I don't know, I think about the silver lining for what we've all been going through is the innovation that's coming out of it. So obviously products coming from us, as I, I just described, but certain industries education, if you think about healthcare, I mean, slow moving places like the customers the end customers are going to have such a different expectation on their experiences there of when they're going to go see a doctor or, you know, am I really going to go in to do my daughter's one-on-one interviews with her teacher yeah. for my 10 minute slot and drive all the way there, especially when we're back in the office and such, it might not be as close to home. So I, I think there's going to be a lot of experiences that people want to get back to physically, right? Like we are humans. Human nature is not to be sitting alone in, in an office or a home office. You know, you're meant to be with others. So I hope we get back to some of that, but there are things that are just going to be silly to drive to in the future. COVID-19. I hate to bring it up, but I have to bring it up given the conversation. Yeah. And I mentioned earlier Janine, the statistic of going from 10 million daily meeting participants to 300 million in a four-month period when COVID hit. And I bring this up because I would love to hear how Zoom, the company, dealt with Zoom, the platform. And I was thinking about this last night. I'm like, my God, like, talk about practice what you preach. All of a sudden, you guys are hit. You're blowing up as a company, but you also have to deal with working from home, which I think uh, I've read in interviews before, not only yourself, but Eric, you were a five day a week be in the office type of company. And so I would love to hear post pandemic during the pandemic, I guess we are still during the pandemic, what that did to you and the company and how you guys got through it. And frankly, how you foresee this hybrid workplace model coming through zoom in the future. 
There's a loaded question there. And I <laughs> in different directions. Maybe I'll start and you can help guide me. I don't want to say a lot of people forget, but like it's important to note that it came on slowly. And maybe it's even a mentality in the US that like, oh, it doesn't matter until it happens to us. But like, I mean, I we were feeling this for months before I physically went home and was working from home. It was, it was late January and it started obviously coming through education for us. And people were trying to find solutions, you know, in different parts of the world. That was yeah, like I was saying, probably a good seven weeks before I went home and we, we we were supposed to, I believe, go to Disneyland over my daughter's spring break. And I remember the the friend I was going to go with said, oh, well, the kids are going home, but we can keep our reservation. And we're thinking, I don't know about that. Like, I, I don't know if we're going to Disneyland in two weeks. And we all see how that worked out. But it was a slow roll, I guess, is my my point there. And so it did start out with education. I mean, for us, there was no other option than to offer that for free. So we removed the the 40 minute limit on our Mm -hmm. offering and set up a program for schools across the globe and ended up, I think at this point, around 125,000 schools or domains and over 25 countries utilize that. So I'm, I'm personally really proud and humbled by the role we were able to play there. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was a grind. I mean, I, I think some of it, like you're just human memory helps you block things that are super, super difficult. So I look back and think, oh, you know, I could probably do that again. I was probably not leaving this office barely out of like pajamas and doing nothing but eating and barely sleeping, trying to keep up. I mean, people's jobs were changing. There were new use cases that didn't exist before. So getting everyone kind of up and running in those early days was what kind of sticks out the most. Do you feel that the hybrid workplace and I'm not sure, are, are you going in the office at all nowadays, Janine? We're sitting here almost October 21. Or have you gone into the office yet? No, no. I did get to go in and see a few folks. We did a couple of things that we recorded live for a virtual user conference in Topia. But it was, you know, and it was so great to see some of those colleagues that I hadn't seen in a really, really long time. But no, I mean, I'm, I'm still at home, hopefully we're like everyone else kind of watching and seeing when we think we, what we did early on was create some principles around mm-hmm. what it would look like for us to return to the office. And we've tried to stick to those. And so we just keep watching the situation and seeing when those principles will kind of allow us to go back. Do you believe that when we do go back, do you feel that that is going to be a five day a week for zoom as well, or there is definitely going to be a hybrid? I, I just feel that COVID and Zoom together have changed, you know, not only schooling, but how we work. And I think that flexibility is almost a mandatory. I hate to say it that way, but it is almost a mandatory to recruit and retain employees. Would love just your opinion on kind of the future of workspace. I mean, I don't have a crystal ball, but, and and, and I think it's important to note too, like I get this question from folks who like, you know, might think that Zoom would have it figured out or we should have it figured out or have some different. We're looking to you for all the answers, Jenny. Yeah. That's what, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. like we're, I'm still, kidding. we're still trying to figure it out just like everyone else. But we have heavily relied on the tools. And I think also something that's unique about Zoom and the scale that we now have is we didn't start with the consumer as many now tech companies with user bases of our size would have. Like we started with serving enterprises and businesses. So they were in the office using our products like all the time. So for us, like, I think it was a little bit more of a natural, like we knew the tools that we can lean on. There was a little bit more of a learning curve for others that didn't. But now that 
I think a much wider audience has embraced different tools and not just, not just Zoom. There's, there's other workflow type tools out there. It's going to be really like, it feels ridiculous to me that I would do my same routine and go in five days a week. I, I just feel like I had so much wasted time probably in the beginning yeah. and the end of the day. And, but there's also a balance. Like we're also a for-profit business, like as many out there and you, you do need folks to be working on some sort, but I, I just believe that that can also happen at home. And I, yeah. I, so I also think the, the notions of um, productivity, I think there was kind of this halo that if you're working from home, that maybe you weren't as productive in the past. Like, I think that now is just bullshit. Like, you yeah. know, I think folks, and maybe in the past it was, I don't know, but today I think people have learned how to be productive in whatever environment they need to be in. And so I, I think companies are going to have to embrace that, but I also know that, I'm going to want to go in. So I would imagine it'll look like a couple of days a week here and there, but sales reps that were maybe on a plane heading up, you know, and doing a two hour drive for a three hour meeting, that kind of stuff just feels. Yeah. Archaic silly. now it does. You touched on this earlier, but a more direct question for you is how would you describe Zoom's brand today? That's a good one. I, I don't know. I like, I've always been the marketing person here, but I've never felt like we've owned the brand. Like there are end users on the brand. What we can do is help shape their perspective. I think that's, that's the very most that you can ever expect to do. And so I, my hope would be trustworthy, authentic, you know, the great thing. And once again, I try and be really positive through everything we've, we've been through and look for the silver linings. And I, I like to think that we were able to be there for folks like when they wouldn't have had another option. And I I look back and I had obviously worked for the company for many years before the pandemic hit. And I personally don't know what I would, would have done. And I just like anyone else have my, my daughter at home and have her doing jumping jacks, like in the room next to me. And, you know, those are the little things that um, I am really grateful for Eric and kind of going and going off and, and building Zoom. I can attest, I mean, obviously a, a smaller scale, but my family alone, I have brothers, sisters, were kind of all over the place. And when the pandemic happened, we had scheduled a Thursday night Zoom, call it happy hour, where normally we'd go four, six, eight weeks without talking to each other. And all of a sudden we're talking to each other once a week. And I can say that was a pretty special time. Just looking back at that, you guys have definitely helped millions of people. And there's so many stories like that. I love that you bring that up because I've heard from people that they're like, God, I had more interaction with some family members than I ever did before. And they're like, I feel like that's starting to weaken a little bit. And they're looking for ways to kind of keep that. But that's one of those unexpected. It's awesome. (laughs) We're both sitting here in Silicon Valley. So take it for what it's worth. But I have to assume almost the entire world knows about Zoom at this point. But What challenges do you have today, Janine, in regards to Zoom's brand and marketing strategy moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I think one is ensuring that that business or enterprise user base doesn't feel like we've walked away from them for the consumer, right? I think we've always had, you know, I've used this term authentic, obviously, a few times here, but this like real relationship with our end users. Like I never thought about it as a CIO, whether it be the the IT manager or an end user that was using their product at a company like Walmart or Oracle or something. And and so I think for us it's it's maintaining that focus on the product and the frictionless experience that it has to 
has to deliver, but also being able to like our Zoom phone business has just completely exploded. You know, things mm-hmm. like that. People are looking for, I think in the past you would people would use these terms best of breed. And then, you know, there were some of these behemoths that they would go to and people would describe them as you won't get fired if you bring in XYZ company. And now I, I think it's really neat that you can get both of those, like the best of both worlds through Zoom. And and so I love that Eric's been thinking in such a out of the box way and continuing to innovate because I think it's also a really good lesson to, I mean, we always stayed really paranoid early on. That's also something that I would say in a healthy sense of of the word, but like you just never assume that you've made it. So continuing to innovate at the pace that we are, I think is just exceptional because I think a lot of folks could say, okay, we've gotten the brand awareness we're looking for, we're good, but now it's it's kind of what's next. I think running in somewhat of a light, constant state of paranoia is not a bad, <laughs> a bad thing for sure. I have a Monday morning quarterback question for you because outside looking in, Zoom, grand slam among grand slams, your chief marketing officer, kick-ass mom, all these fantastic things. Going back to when you started at Zoom and started basically their entire marketing campaign, is there anything looking back that you would have changed? Because I would assume you've done everything right because you guys have absolutely crushed it. But looking back, you go, gosh, I wish I would have done this a little bit differently. For the most part, no. I mean, I think the only thing maybe would have to have started our Zootopia user conference earlier. We had our fifth, but I wish we would have been doing that from, from day one because it's it's such an exceptional, it's been virtual for the past two years. I still remember driving up with Eric in the car. It was probably you know a little after 6 a.m. And our first one was up in, in San Mateo and arriving and it was, the sun wasn't even all the way up yet and seeing kind of the Zootopia letters outside It was such a magical moment. Like it felt like this incredible, I know it sounds cheesy, but this like physical manifestation of our brand that you couldn't really experience in any other way. And so that that's the only thing I wish we would have done that sooner because it's it's just such a a wonderful time to kind of reflect and spend time with our customers, our users, and our colleagues. It's a great answer. I I will say again, outside looking in, when downtown San Jose is decked out in Zoomtopia stuff everywhere. It's, it's pretty cool to see. I will say that. Yeah. But in general, it's like, I don't know. I think you have to have like, you know, you look at the ups and the downs and yeah, I mean, we, there's definitely been these different phases of startup and and really what is the first thing we're going to do on the marketing side to going through an IPO to where we are today. And it's like, I feel like it all happens for a reason and you've got to learn. And I don't know, people say all the time, fail fast and all that kind of stuff, but it's, it's all a part of your story. So yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't really change much. I guess different but parallel question. When you look back, Janine, I've asked this to a few guests, is there a tipping point in your career, whether it was that first day at WebEx or meeting some of the folks you're working with now or pre-corporate world, do you look back and go, gosh, that was a, that was a good decision I made or this was a time in my life that, yes, got me to where I'm going now? I mean, I think I have to say, saying yes to Eric. I mean, I still remember leaving and I was on the, the on-ramp to get on the freeway to go home after meeting with him. And I called my husband and I said, I think I just accepted a job. And it's like, <laughs> it happened so fast. And it's, I mean, we've all, you know, been through many things in our career and interviewing and all the rest of it. It can be such like a 
fucking ordeal, you know, and it was so natural, you know, good friend of mine was the head of sales. Eric was exceptional. It was this opportunity to come and build something like the opportunity and the product was so much more than zoom and what it could become. I mean, nobody could have predicted this. And so, I mean, that was definitely it. I mean, it was definitely a risk to go from, you know, a good kind of cushy, if you will, like, you know, what yeah. you're going to get, you punch in, punch out to, I still remember going into those suites. I mean, they were these God awful, like it looked like these old doctors or acupuncture type <laughs> offices, with like no face masking tape on the ceiling. Like they were going to paint, didn't like, I mean, it was, you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> Like, I just remember going and thinking, okay, this is something different. This is, this is going to be a ride. And it sure has. That's awesome. It definitely has. Janine, I like to wrap up my shows with some fun rapid fire questions for my guests. And if you're game, we'll, we'll rock and roll here. Sure. Okay. My first one, Janine, if you could choose a completely different position, career, whatever that is, what would it be and why? I think a teacher, and I know that's probably, you know, a canned answer that a lot of people would use, but I look back at my career and the most like fulfilling moments are the relationships that I've built, the people that I've been able to have on my team, even folks that have left to go into other places, whether it be at WebEx, Cisco, or, or at Zoom. And that is really fulfilling. So I think it's about experiences and like, learning. Like I, I look at a lot of what's going on in the world and there's a lot to learn from. And I, I hope like for humanity's sake that we don't forget it. And there's people to, to tell those stories. Is there a grade or subject in mind that you would teach? Something on the younger side, something on the younger side. I don't know. Nice. Somewhere don't want to deal with the high school kids. I got you. No, no, no. <laughs> All right. Next question. This one's a fun one for CFOs to answer. And I think will be a good one for you to answer. What is one thing, Janine, personally, you do not mind spending money on? Travel. Anywhere. This has been brutal going through the pandemic, definitely. But for me, it's travel. Like I, I am antsy. I'm known for it. I'm always planning my next trip. My friends know it's coming. If we're out to dinner, you know, it's it's where are we going next? What are we what are we doing next? Where is the best place you have been and the best place you have not been but need to get to? Oh, goodness. I, I don't know. There's so many great places that I've had the privilege to go to. I think Florence, Italy is definitely oh, yeah. one that I just think is. Yeah. So when I when I talk to people and ask, you know, they say they go to Italy and ask where they went. And, and they mentioned they read off these names and they don't name Florence. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, how did you? How did you that? I just I fell in love. And then I would love to go do a safari, I think. Oh. A safari for sure. Yeah, that's on my bucket list, too. I've recently heard. Those are life-changing experiences to do a safari. So I hope you get to do it someday. Yeah, I hope so too. All right. Next question. Favorite quote or quotes. I'm a quote geek. Actually, I have not said a quote in this podcast yet, which is strange for me, but would love to hear, Jenny, if there's a quote or quotes that have stuck with you throughout your life or just this morning. Yeah, uh, I think different quotes at different times of your life are going to resonate and so one that I had the privilege a few weeks ago, actually, at Zoomtopia to interview Jay Shetty. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. Like it mm-hmm. was, I've gotten to uh, do some incredible things throughout my career. And that was a highlight. But in his book, Think Like a Monk, 
the quote is, if you can't explain something simply, you don't know it well enough. And that was Albert Einstein. And to me, I think it's just like, it's just everything right now. I love it. That's fantastic. Awesome. Okay. Next question. If you were stranded on an island and could pick any celebrity, dead or alive, to be with you, who would it be and why? So I actually got to have one of these moments and it was what? so ridiculous and cool. <laughs> so I got to go to Necker Island and be there with uh, Sir Richard Branson. Oh, uh, nice. That was one of the coolest, coolest experiences. I was on a panel judging a startup, a global startup competition. And I was on there judging, judging next to him and got to spend time, got to have lunch. I later got to interview him at a, a, a year later at Zoomtopia as well, but he's just phenomenal. But, but yeah, those, those were one of those moments that I just, you know, look around and think life doesn't get much better than this. It doesn't, nor does anyone actually have that. I was actually on an island with <laughs> I, I'm not like, it's definitely a fun fact for sure. That's amazing. Okay. Last question for you. Called this the ultimate dinner. I used to call this the last dinner, but it was too morbid for people. So now we change it to the ultimate dinner, but we don't know. There's no consequences tomorrow. So what is on the plate or plates in front of you and in the glass? Oh, goodness. Like, okay. In the glass. I don't know. We'll have to get real specific there, but it's going to be like, a, it's going to be a real good red wine. Yeah, well. <laughs> Actually, I'll say my, my husband and I, we love a winery. It's a smaller winery in, in Napa, James Cole. We've been mm. members there forever and they just have like exceptional big red bold wines. And uh, so it definitely be almost anything from them. I, it'd be a ribeye. I, I like a good steak, yeah. a good like A5 ribeye. I mean, that's like, yeah, that's definitely what's So now on. is the ribeye, we're going to, we're going to go deep on this. Is yeah. the ribeye, is this in the backyard with your husband and daughter or is this, a, is there a specific restaurant that does a ribeye that makes your mouth water. I guess, where's this ribeye coming from? Oh, okay. So here's the deal. Like I'm a super humble person, but what I'm going to say is it's at my house. Like I'm just going to cook better <laughs> than anywhere I ever really get. But yeah, no, it's, it's at home. It's at home and it's on a cutting board and it's bone in. I like to eat steak right off the cutting board for sure. I don't know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 At the kitchen. All we have right now, Janine, is steak on a piece of wood and a big bottle of red on the right. Is there any sides to this thing? Yeah, yeah, maybe some spinach. Yeah, okay. Probably throw some king crab in there just for like... Oh, yeah. Why not? (laughs) A little surf and turf. I love it. Yeah. Janine, this has been a fantastic hour with you. And I thank you so much for your time. I know you're incredibly busy. I know Zoom is incredibly busy. And... I just wanted to ask you if there's anything you want to leave with the listeners, either something inspiring or just kind of a motivational go get them. Oh, goodness. I would just say thank you. Thank you for letting Zoom like play a part in, you know, one of probably the most difficult times many of us have, have gone through. And hopefully we've been able to, I don't know, help out a little bit. You have. No, thank you for everything that you, Janine, and Zoom have been doing for millions of people around the globe. Very inspirational, just that. Thank you for having me. Thanks again, listeners. And I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Janine Pelosi. You can find Janine at zoom.us or on LinkedIn. And you can find me at my website, ramizay.com. That's R-O-M-Y-Z-E-I-D.com. 
Thanks again for listening, everyone. And I hope you all learned something interesting. Thank you.